Good to be here. The, uh, I'll just tell you, I'm battling discouragement, and I'm not going to let it get me down. And I think it's partly because of the lesson I'm teaching. So I want to w- welcome everyone here and uh, everyone on live stream who will be joining and listening. And uh, let's start with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to teach your word, and I pray that I will learn the lessons from it. I pray it will be a blessing to people who are listening, and I pray we will glorify you in everything we do. Lord, I pray you would send your Holy Spirit to open our ears and give us understanding and help me to speak the right words, the words from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I want to read to you from Numbers chapter 21 and verses 4 through 9. This is speaking of the children of Israel in the wilderness wanderings. Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to encompass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Wherefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And that's just one of many accounts throughout the uh, history of the children of Israel where God delivered them again. And there's a pattern that we can see. It's a pattern where the Israelites would get to... They had a wicked heart of unbelief, and it came out through their mouth. Out of the heart, out of the mouth, the heart speaks, and so they were started with usually starts with discouragement and discontentment, and then the speaking against God and against Moses, mm-hmm. and despising God's mercy, and then God often would send a plague against them, and then they'd repent and confess their sins, and Moses would pray for them, and then God would send a, a provision for them, mm-hmm. and then this pattern continued over and over again, yes. and. Uh, I want to read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let us start at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all did eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Yes. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Yeah. And with many of them God was not well pleased, oh, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were for our examples, right. to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Amen. 
neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We have God's miraculous provision all through their history. But yet, they had evil desires, they had evil hearts, unbelief, and they complained and murmured, and, and as a result, all these... Uh, it says they committed fornication in one day three and twenty thousand. Well, when Balaam's prophecies, Balaam was told to hire to prophesy evil against them, and he couldn't. God turned it into a blessing. But in Numbers twenty-five, it talks about how uh, they turned them to idolatry and fornication through the uh, encouragement and teaching of Balaam. So although he was a, a prophet prophesying of Christ and prophesying blessing Israel when he was told to curse them. God put the right words in his mouth. But yet, through his own teaching and encouragement, Israel was led into fornication. And in verse 7, when Moses was up on the Mount Sinai getting the law, they were down in the camp worshiping a golden calf. And so, uh, th- this is a, just a very short, compact history of Israel from the wilderness wanderings. And we started, of course, Joseph was taken to Egypt as a slave, but he was, preserved, he was there to preserve the house of Israel, and they came out a great nation. When they were there, they were, uh, ended up in slavery. And so... God raised up Moses, and uh, Moses spent 40 years in Egypt and 40 years in wilderness getting Egypt out of him, and then he came back, and uh, there was all these great signs and wonders that God did. There's a lesson on the back bench there, extra copies of it, and so God uh, did all these signs and wonders in the in the midst of them, and the ten plagues, each one of those plagues was a uh, was a sign and a wonder directly against one of the gods of Egypt. Yeah. And right. actually they looked at Pharaoh as one of the gods. Mm-hmm. And so the last one, the attack on the, the destruction of the firstborn. Uh-huh. So we have the signs and wonders, and then the Passover, when they would take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts and that saved them from the firstborn of those people being killed. Now, in this case, they were believing, so they put the blood on the doorposts, and everyone who didn't, the firstborn was killed. Amen. So they, they left Egypt. And in fact, they looted Egypt. As they're on the way out, they said, hey, can we borrow that? that uh, I want that. Can I borrow some jewelry? Can I borrow some clothes? Some? And they, they willingly gave them all the treasures of Egypt, and they left. And then just a short time later, again, have you led us out in the wilderness to die? Yeah. And 
The whole Egyptian army came after him. And you know the history. I'm just reminding you of this is the backdrop of what we're looking at here. They came to the Dead Sea and they're surrounded by mountains and water and then the Egyptian army coming and God puts a cloud in between them and gives them light while the Egyptians had darkness. And then Moses, raising his uh, staff, the waters parted. There's a wall on each side and they crossed through and at the same time, all the Israelites passed through and all the Egyptians drowned. And that you couldn't have seen that. There was no way you could have seen that. And yet now, just a short time after that, have you brought us into the wilderness to die? They didn't have any food or water. So God provided over and over again. Yes. The bitter water was turned sweet. He provided uh, manna every day. Now this happened for 40 years, and there was one day when it stopped when they got into the land and ate some of the, some of the uh, produce of the promised land. But in the meantime, God provided for them every single day. And they ran out of water. And so Moses struck the rock and provided water. And it says in the text that rock was Christ. Verse 4, they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So these are lessons for us. Now, they complained about... Uh, not having any, they wanted meat. And so God sent meat, so much meat. It was surrounding the camp three feet deep. And they ate until it came out their nose. I mean, that, <laughs> okay, Brother Robert. Yeah, what, what you're, you're testifying of here is the obtuseness of flesh. That no, no, it doesn't really make any difference. Until Christ changes a person, this is how they're going to always react. They may have good intentions, and they say, we'll do what you say, but flesh is flesh. It, it will not obey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the, uh, the Israelites had seen God's provision. Mm -hmm. Great wonders that happened. The Passover, the crossing the Red Sea, the the rock, mm -hmm. hitting the rock and enough water to f for millions of people and their cattle, and that continued every day for yeah. 40 years, and they despised it. So God's mercy, and so it starts, there's a pattern of uh, discouragement, and then uh, that's a, actually unbelief. You're going backwards in your faith. Yes. And so I realize what's happening is the discouragement is a temptation to to go backward in my faith and I notice a pattern in myself so this lesson as I was preparing this I'm thinking about myself and the fellowship as maybe this is a lesson I don't know it just spoke to me so it started with discouragement and complaining and the people spoke against yeah. God and against Moses mm -hmm. and there was a uh, actually falsehood in it. They told lies. And you know, go back to Numbers 21. We see in verse uh, 1 through 3, they had a, a king who just attacked them unprovoked and took some of them captive. And so they uh, vowed that they would go destroy them if God delivered them in their hand, and he did. And he, uh, and right after this, now they have a long journey, and part of the reason for the long journey is because the land of Edom 
would not let them pass through. They said, we'll just go through on our feet. We'll pay for any food and water. We'll just go through, and we won't touch anything. We won't do anything. But Edom wouldn't and came up with a big army to stop them. So they had to go all the way around. And that's very rough territory. And here it says, the people was much discouraged mm -hmm. because of the way. And life gets hard. And it seems like a long journey. Don't let the circumstances of life get you down. Because they can very easily. And the people spoke against God and against Moses, verse 5. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? By the way, the word wherefore is a good word. We would use the word why, but the word why didn't even exist in the English language until after this was published. I'll just tell you. Uh, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die? Now, you've got to realize when they camped, the tabernacle was in the middle, and they had the cloud above the tabernacle. And they did not move until that cloud moved. That's right. When the cloud stopped, they camped. And so the speaking against God and against Moses, they, they doubted that God was leading them. They doubted they were going to get to the promised land. Because God was leading them, the, the cloud went everywhere. They followed the cloud. And they're doubting that this. They're doubting that there's a promised land. They're doubting that there's a land of milk and honey. Mm -hmm. Then they told lies. Mm -hmm. There is no bread. Neither is there any water. But yet they have this rock gushing mm -hmm. water, enough water for millions of people and their animals every day. And they had manna every day. Yeah. And they lied about it. And then right, our soul loatheth this light bread. Can you imagine God giving you great provision and you despise it? I can see that in myself. And then it says light bread. That would be uh, the word for God's glory is uh, the heaviness, the weight of God. Now this would be the opposite of that, light. They're actually calling this God's provision, manna. They're calling it abominable or vile or contemptible. It's hard to put into words how they described God's provision. They despised what God had given them. Verse 6, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. So a result of the discouragement and the discontent and the murmuring against God, now God sends a plague against them. They bit the people and much people of Israel died. So you notice this is from God and it's People don't want to see that God will do anything in, in terms of judgment, but he does. In verse 7, they, they came to Moses and confessed their sin. And they asked God for, uh, they asked Moses to pray for them. Moses was an intercessor, a mediator. And he, he prayed, and the Lord told him what to do to take the serpents away. And verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So this seems like uh, you get a serpent bite. Well, you should go to the emergency room and get a, a shot of anti-venom and, you know, have a 
medical team to take care of you, and I'm sure they had people who treated illnesses along the way. But instead of doing that, you look at the serpent. So it seems like it's, uh, it's completely against human nature. You want to do something. You come across a circumstance, well, I need to do this or that. And here, it didn't involve anything they did. They just looked and believed, and they were healed. And this is a type of Jesus Christ, in Brother Given. You notice, <coughs> Paul said these things happened to them for our admonition. They happened. We mentioned it before, the book of Numbers was all this 40-year trick through the wilderness. That's the best period of time. So while they were being judged, the people that rebelled had to die off in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. And while they were going there, mm -hmm. these things happened. Mm -hmm. For our admonition. Mm -hmm. See, Satan, he sets forth bypaths. Yeah, yeah. Detours, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. To get you off the way. Get you complaining. Mm-hmm. This is why people, they turn, they have different personal difficulties. Mm -hmm. So they turn to counselors. Mm -hmm. Why do they do that? It's an evil heart of unbelief. That's why they do that. Yes. See, as you learn from these Israelites, you do not, you do not seek help first from anybody <coughs> but God Almighty. Amen. You do not. Mm -hmm. And particularly when you're traveling the earth and there's so many things along the way. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't have any alternative foods in, in right. the wilderness. Mm -hmm. See, we're in a more dangerous situation. There are a seeming alternative mm -hmm. spiritual mm -hmm. foods and provisions that men have created. Right. So it's, it's, even more, it's even more jeopardous for people in Christ than it was for those Israelites. That's right. Given made a point that I didn't bring up, that the whole reason they're in the wilderness wandering around is because they didn't believe. They sent spies, 12 spies, one from each tribe, and 10 of them mm -hmm. came back with a bad report, and they believed the bad report, right. and not the two. And the only people that made it all the way through, not even Moses made it, only the two spies who believed and came with a good report, they're the only ones that made it through. Yeah. Everyone else died. Brother Given. Think of the evil as just a few people. Yeah. These were ten people mm -hmm. affected over six hundred thousand people. Yeah. Uh huh. Ten men. Yeah. Affected. Yeah. Over half a million people. Yeah. Ten men. Yeah. So see, <clears throat> well, we face a lot more than ten unbelieving. Yeah. Yeah. Representatives, mm -hmm. so to speak, of Christ. So it's a. No wonder Paul wrote this 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Yeah. There's a, a scripture that comes to my mind. Beware lest there is in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. I think it's in Hebrews, but I don't know exactly where. But this is a picture for us. of We are led by the Spirit. We're supposed to follow the Spirit. And, and what the Israelites were following God through the cloud. They were being led by God. Yet... Be, Brother Given. Heart of unbelief. <laughs> Men have called it other things. Mm -hmm. I doubted. I was afraid. There's all sorts of things it's called. Mm -hmm. 
but what God calls it is an evil heart of unbelief. That's right. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Brother Robert. And we're exhorted, we're, we are to exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any yeah. of you be hardened. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, overestimating your own ability in this area is is um, can can be actually lead to your demise. See, we're trusting in God. We're giving our confidence. We're getting our confidence from God and following after the Lamb. We're not doing this on our own. It's just like, well, we're strong. We can do this. No, the problem is, is that is that we can't do it alone. We need we need Christ. And so He's given us a Holy Spirit. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in order that we might stand. Right? Stand. Now, standing is a is not departing. But see, when you as soon as as soon as you don't believe God anymore, you'll start seeing different ways of departing. In other words, departing from doing what God's told you to do, what God you know you should be doing. But if you're not doing them, well, then something's happened. You, an evil heart of unbelief has crept in. Yes, yes. standing is a military stance. Uh -huh. It's not like standing against a hurricane. Mm -hmm. Standing against an army. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen. Very good. The discouragement that I am facing and breaking through, but that is a start of unbelief creeping in. Mm -hmm. And we know what God thinks about unbelief and discouragement, and it leads to the murmuring and complaining and despising God's goodness. And as a result, there's a chastisement that God sends. But the uh, also, I want to point to the remedy that God sent in this case. It was the serpent of brass that was on the pole. And uh, the Israelites realized they had sinned, and they confessed their sin to Moses. Now, we have a, a way of escape when there's a temptation. And we can go right to the throne of grace. We have a high priest we can confess our sins to. Now, uh, there's that we could talk about. Even when... Christ was on the cross dying for our sins mm -hmm. he, he made intercession for the transgressors he said father forgive them for they know not what they do so we can go to him anytime and he will make intercession and pray for us and we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us we have uh, I want to read this quote from Charles Spurgeon uh, unbelief is blind just as surely as faith is far-seeing. Unbelief enjoys nothing just as faith rejoices in everything. He that believes finds sweetness in the manna. The taste thereof was as wafers made with honey. But he that has no faith finds nothing pleasant even in the corn of heaven, but says there is no bread. Only think of anybody saying, Our soul loatheth this light bread. It was a diet that was very easy of digestion and kept them in good health. Yet they pined for the heavy, lumpy food. They began to wish for leeks and garlics and onions, something rank and strong and less refined than angels' food. They sighed for the meat that they ate in Egypt. They hankered after a coarse and dangerous diet. God knew that it was not proper food for them in the blazing desert, and he gave them instead the best possible nourishment. And now they cry, Oh, there is nothing substantial in it. It does not make you feel as if you were full. We see that God provided for them, mm -hmm. and they hated it. Yeah. 
Psalm 106, verse 43 through 45. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry and remembered for them his covenant and repented (coughs) according to the multitude of his mercies. If we find ourselves in the arena of discouragement and doubt, cry out to God and don't let it get into the... Don't even begin to get into the murmuring and complaining. And that just goes downhill from there. Brother, uh, give another brother. He drank of that rock that followed him. That rock was Christ. Mm -hmm. When that water came out... It apparently continued a, a big river that wherever they went, that river mm-hmm. that oh. river went with them yeah. wherever they went. Uh-huh. Till they had to stay in the wilderness. They never they never did try to get out of the wilderness, uh-huh. you understand. Yeah. But that's the way it is with with the walk of faith. That's right. If you live by faith, if you do. Yes. You really do. Don't talk about it. You right. do. Right. And you take the straight gate and the narrow way. You take it, the river will follow you. Yeah, that's right. Amen. The river of life will follow you. You will never get away from the river. Mm-hmm. But if you get off that way, the river's not there. Yeah, you will right. not be able to be sustained. Amen. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Brother Marty? Yeah, it just occurred to me that in all of this, even though they despised what God was providing for them, um, they were actually deciding they knew better than God. Mm-hmm. And th- this is very dangerous. Yeah. When, we, when, we, when we purpose to put ourselves uh, above God, mm-hmm. thinking we know better, we know what we need for ourselves better than God does, then we put ourselves in a very jeopardous uh, situation. Yes. Mm. Amen. Brother Robert. You know, uh, when the spies got back and they gave their report, and uh, see, God did something too. I mean, the people believed the ten spies, right? They, they believed the evil report. But um, God did something too. At that moment, he made a determination that only Joshua and Caleb were even getting in that land. So you, they said, well, well, they had to walk all those years and the, they died. And the only ones got in were, were the children, the ones that they were afraid would be destroyed if they did go in. Right. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that God, God says He swore in His wrath, they, they, talking about those that didn't believe, they, shall not enter. they won't enter into my rest. So see, people teach, you, and sometimes the personal see, you know, oh, I notice you're cast down, but don't worry about it. God understands. No, God doesn't understand when He's given all the provisions for us to be built up in our most holy faith. This is why we have to exhort one another. That's right. All right we need one another because sometimes when you're tempted to be discouraged, yeah. see, it can be arrested. If so, you be built up. Built up, that means you can say, no, I'm not going to be discouraged. Just like what you're doing. Okay, you, you sense that you're, you're being led in that, so you're, what are you doing? Your faith is saying, no, I'm going to trust God. That's, see, that pleases God. Amen. Brother Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Right after he gets done saying this, neither commit fornication, neither tempt Christ, neither murmur ye, all these things happen for examples. Uh-huh. Right after he says that, he says, there hath no temptation taken you, but yes. such as common to man, but God is faithful, yes. who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are Amen. able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. 
that you may be able to bear it. God's not unrighteous. It says in the book of James, um, if you see a brother, it says, what what does it profit if you see a brother that's naked and destitute? Mm -hmm. And you tell him, be warm, be filled. But you don't give him those things wherewith he could be warmed and filled. So what profit would it be if God said, be holy, be righteous, But if he didn't give you what you needed to be whole, see, God's not unrighteous. Amen. 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 So the whole purpose for these wonderings was because they didn't believe the the two spies who had the truth. Yes. Yes. And everybody died off, including Moses, and their children went in, and we're in the middle of this. Yeah. We're. I was looking at this. This is like stop number forty-five. They've been doing this for many, many years. And of course, all these people had to die off. But so in this case, when they got discouraged, they uh, spoke against God and Moses. And against their complaint, God sent fiery serpents. So there's why you think, what does God think about complaining? <laughs> well, he killed them because they complained. The scripture says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Yes, so it's not a, not a light thing. Uh-huh. And I find myself that I need not to complain. I've been yes. known to complain, and Linda can tell you about that. But I don't want to do that anymore. Yes, now, in verse 6, the Lord sent fiery serpents, and they bit them. The, uh, when you get bitten by a poisonous mm-hmm. snake or an insect, a scorpion, it injects venom into you. And that venom, if it's not checked, it will kill you. Yeah, that's right. And in this case, the fiery serpents are probably, uh, of course, would be poisonous, mm-hmm. and it would be fatal snake bite with the burning sensation, probably. But I want to point out that this typifies what sin does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When sin gets into you, it's incurable, and you're going to die from it. Yes. And sin has infected all mankind is incurable. And that is what this, there's a picture in here. Uh, the uh, the bite of the serpent, the poison in your body is a picture of sin. Mm-hmm. And every person in the world has been infected because of Adam and his, his uh, disobeying God's command. And so the only way out of this is through Christ. And this is a picture in the Old Testament of the way Christ takes away sin. And I talked about this a little bit before, but I want to talk about this again because there, I found some more things. I suppose if I keep digging, I'll find more things. But, but I want to uh, read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's a relationship between sin and death. Because of sin... Physical death entered and spiritual death. The physical death means we're all going to die someday and face the judgment. The spiritual death would be, we'll end up, well, we are, every person, if they have not turned to Christ in faith, is spiritually dead. You have to be, have to be given life by Christ. So every single person, if you're listening to my voice and you have not turned to Christ in faith, then you're dead. And, you're, and also, there's a result of that which would end up being cast into hell as a permanent thing and that, that is uh, you won't get out of that if you're cast into hell that's right. 
And so I want to point that out. But there is a way out, and that's Jesus Christ through faith. Yes. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse... So we're starting verse 54. Mm-hmm. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. So just like those serpents bit the people and infected them with poison, now we've been bitten by the sting of sin, and that sin leads to death. And it talks also about there is going to be a time when when mortality is going to disappear. We'll all be immortal. We'll be in... All will be given... A new body. Yes. Amen. And uh, that is a thing for a believer in Christ to rejoice because now, when we get a new body, it won't be able to sin, and my spirit doesn't want to sin, and so I won't have to force my body to obey all the time. Yes. But consider if a person dies and they they love sin and they're in a state of unbelief, then they're going to want to sin and can't because their body won't allow them to sin. That, and for eternity. That would be agony. Amen. So the sting of the death is sin. So just like the serpent bit the people and injected with poison and they died, we have been infected with the, the sting of sin. Brother Given. Yeah, this, this is good. You said sin is incurable, and yeah. it is. That's sin right. is incurable. Yes. Absolutely incurable. That's why you must be born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. See, but there are people in the world represent themselves as Christians that are presenting man-made alternatives Mm -hmm. to sin. And they're teaching you that you can be cured Mm -hmm. from sin. You can develop new habits and so forth. This is not true. Sin cannot be cured. Mm -hmm. It cannot. That's right. You must be born again. Amen. That's the rationale behind the new birth. Yes. Well, Brother Given, a person might say, well, uh, I don't have any sin. There's, there's a common thing nowadays for people not to recognize such a thing as sin or evil. It just doesn't exist, so you can do whatever you want because it's not sin. Yeah. That's it. But uh, a person has to realize that they are a sinner. And if a person doesn't even realize they're a sinner, I don't know if there's any hope for them. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will have to convict them of their sin. Brother Given? In, in most, most all self-help programs... Mm-hmm teach the people in them to confess what they are, I'm a drunk, I'm a whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But but we confess we are of God. Yes. See, our confession is completely different. We're not confessing we're sinners, we're confessing God's delivered us from sin, Yes. and now we love God and seek His will. See, that's a different kind of confession. Amen. If it's in your heart and you confess it, it's true. But if it's not in your heart and you confess that, it's a lie. And God hates lying lips. Yes. But if it's but if it's true, you've been born again, and Christ is in your heart. Then our confession is, I'm not a drunk. Yeah. I think and, you will find that you will never find a person who's not born again say that he hates sin. Mm-hmm. Those words will never come out of a sinner's mouth. Yes. We want to have the same view of sin. come out of what people that's born again, they do come out of their mouth. We want to have the same view of sin that God does. God hates sin. Amen. So sin is incurable, and the only cure is Christ. 
I want to point out where, how sin entered the world. Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, Amen. and death by sin. Yep. And so death passed upon all men, mm-hmm. for that all have sinned. And in, let's go down to verse 21. That as sin reigned unto death, even so might grace reign unto death. Reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So we don't let sin reign in us anymore. That's right. Amen. We, we still have that old nature which we are subduing and keeping under, but we don't let sin, sin rule over us. We're letting God rule over us. Amen. Verse, uh, Romans 6, verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself as servants to obey... His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So if you're still obeying sin, mm-hmm. then sin is your master. That's right. But you can be freed from that. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can have the sin removed. Yeah. There's a, a law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 8.2, The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. I want to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So we have sin entered by Adam. Yeah. Now, Christ was sinless and perfect. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the, the serpent, the, the picture of the serpent of brass on the pole that I want to bring out here. Mm-hmm. Now, the serpent on the ground, the fiery serpent that bit people, it was deadly. But the serpent on the pole was made, it looked like those serpents on the ground, but it it wasn't poisonous. It was in the image of the serpents. It was in the likeness of those. Now, all of, you, all of mankind is infected with sin. I don't know if infection is a good word, but I'll, however you want to call it, we all have sin in us and sins that come out of uh, through our actions and words. Christ was sinless. Here it says, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He didn't have sin. He was made without sin. Philippians 2, verse 5 and 6 and 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He had a body that God made for him. Hebrews 10 talks about that. A body has now prepared for me. He had a body made for him that did not have sin. That's why the virgin birth the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary, that's right. that's, why is that so important? Because yes. if he was born any other way with a human father, he would not be able to take away sin. Right. So he was made in the likeness of Amen. sin, 
like in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. In Hebrews chapter 7, we have a, a word about our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 26. Hebrews 7.26, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than heaven. So Jesus was, he looked like every other person, but he didn't have any sin. And that's the only way he could take away sin. So another part of this uh, picture in the Old Testament of the serpent on the pole, the, the brass serpent elevated, lifted up, Jesus said in John chapter 3, He had this conversation with Nicodemus, and you know probably the most famous verse that even non-believers know is John three sixteen. But this is only two verses away, and this is this this verse explains this picture here explains John three sixteen. Verse John three verse fourteen, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's the reason. That actually is a, a purpose statement for why Christ came. His, he came Amen. to be lifted up. Like Moses lifted up that servant, Christ came to be lifted up. And they, they put him on a cross. He was elevated. Just like the servant was put on a pole, like you have a, a flag, a, a standard, you have the serpent on there, and we have Christ lifted up, mm-hmm. crucified for our sins. That, uh, that's a marvelous picture, a prophetic illustration in the Old Testament of Christ. Brother Given. Uh, Jesus was tempted, yes. but he didn't sin. Yeah. Amen. Jesus in you will empower you to be tempted, mm-hmm. but not sin. Yeah. yeah. The scriptures explain the yeah. practical view of that. He made every temptation comes with a way of escape. That's right. But to the extent, and only to the extent Christ is in you, yes. to that extent, You'll experience temptation, but not sin. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll never outgrow the need to hear that. Amen. Yeah. It's marvelous when you see it and you pursue it with all your heart. Amen. Yeah, you find find that salvation truly is of the Lord. That uh, He's the one that's working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. But see, it's not like independent of your involvement. You've been called into the fellowship of God's dear Son. And so it's a delight when you see he's, he, he, these prohibitions. You say, well, don't do this, don't do that. They're in order that we might live. <laughs> it isn't that he's holding back. I mean, the devil tries to get people to think, well, you can do that. Remember in, in the garden, you can do that. You know, it, it won't matter. Yeah, it did matter, didn't it? And it'll matter to us, too. This is all illustrated there in 1 Corinthians 10. Yes. God delivered Israel, but there's nobody, that wasn't something you could conclude from what you saw. Yeah. 
They came out, they crossed the Red Sea, they journeyed, they drank, they ate. See, they, that's how God delivers. Amen. It's through we're him working in you to do these things are actually done. That's right. Where Amen. people aren't departing <coughs> from the world. Yeah. They're not resisting the devil. Uh -huh. See, there's a reason why that's so, and it's not yeah. just because they're human. It goes beyond that. That's right. That's right. Amen. Very good. Amen. In this uh, prophetic picture in uh, of the serpent of brass, mm -hmm. we see that the the serpent on the pole had the, the form yeah. of the serpent, with, but without the venom of the deadly serpent. Yeah. Just like Jesus was in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. Yeah. And Second Corinthians five twenty one. See, it talks about Christ who was made sin yeah. for us. Uh -huh. Speaking of God, he had made him to be sin for us who knew no yeah. sin. So he was made sin. When he was on the cross, yeah. God put all the sin of the world and turned him mm -hmm. hideous. And God turned his back on Jesus yeah. because of what he yeah. because of this. So this seems really unlikely that you you would look at the serpent, you know, instead of seeking medical treatment or whatever but you look at it and you live. Mm -hmm. Well, people try all these other things to try to get rid of their sin or to ignore it or follow a set of rules or habits, mm -hmm. regulations, uh, yeah, this, doctors and pills. And, I like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says he made him to be sin. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That is, he, was a, he became a container. That's right, yeah. Yeah. For sin. That's right. It's, it's kind of very precise language. Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. So he didn't actually make him sin. No, that's right. But he yeah. made no. him to be. Amen. That's right. Someone, the word that sin could be laid, laid yes. upon him. Uh -huh. and, and now that all sin has been judged, then forgiveness can occur. That's right. That's exactly right. So when Jesus was on the cross, God took sin and condemned sin. Yes. Now Jesus had no sin, mm -hmm. but because a man, because by a man sin entered, mm -hmm. God had to judge sin in a man. So that's right. why Jesus was made in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. Yes. Was put on the cross, was crucified. All the sins put on him, and God judged him, and he took my judgment. He took your judgment. Mm -hmm. He's already judged it if you believe in Christ. It would only be accessed individually. Mm -hmm. The serpent on the pole didn't do didn't do away with sin among mm -hmm. the people. See, mm -hmm. it was a, it was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But Jesus took away sin. Yeah. It was a different concept. It's a different thing entirely. He took away mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He took it away by taking the personal responsibility for all the sin laid upon him, and then That's God right. God. Yes. Judged it. Uh -huh. Now all the people can be free. Yes, Amen. 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 And even the picture back there, where he, they, they took the serpent, they lifted it up in the wilderness. See, it was a picture of Christ. That Christ was going to take away sin, That's right. and the, by the very virtue that Christ was going to take away sin during that that encounter, God could take away theirs. It, it, 
It just, in other words, they wouldn't die. He, he would do, now that now they still they most all of them still perished in the wilderness, right? Yes. So, uh, well, what is he showing us? He shows that God's God's able to um, if people that are going to perish because they wouldn't believe. He can still use this to, to raise up an example, so we might understand now what really happened when Jesus died. He really did take away Amen. all sin. That's right. I want to take you to Galatians chapter three, verse one. And it has this phrase in there. It says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And here's the phrase. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, yes. crucified before among you. So we have Paul's example living out yes. the yeah. death and the life of Christ. Right. But we have it before whose eyes. So when we preach, we want to preach Christ crucified and present it in a way that you can see it if you can see it with faith and you can believe it that otherwise all of our teaching and preaching is worthless also i want to take you to uh, john chapter 12 verse 32 now this is jesus again is referring to this incident with the serpent on the pole he doesn't mention it, but he's in uh, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now Jesus expands on this further, John twelve thirty two. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Yeah. Now that that sign, the the ensign. If you look in uh, Isaiah eleven ten, that. This is a. This is Christ that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. In that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, yeah, which right. shall stand for an ensign of the people, wow. a sign you can see it from afar off. Amen. An ensign for the people, so it shall be. So to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. That's speaking of Christ. Yeah. Amen. And verse twelve, he shall set up an ensign for the nations, shall assemble the outcasts of Israel. And gather together to dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. This ensign, this sign, yeah. lifted up where people can see. Isaiah 45, <coughs> verse 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. We look to Jesus, yes. the author and finisher of our faith. That's in Hebrews chapter 12. Mm-hmm. By looking at him... That's by believing on him. John 3, John 3 expounds on that mm-hmm. by believing in him. You don't just look and glance away. Right. It's through faith. And so the, uh, the people in Moses' day were cured by looking at the serpent. Right. Now we are cured from sin. Our sin is removed mm-hmm. by looking at Christ, by looking with faith, believing in him. Uh, yes. You know, and thinking too in, this, in, in these comparisons, we 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 are, we are given to know that there's a there's a greater than Moses here. There's a greater than this brazen serpent. Absolutely. And one of the things is is this that they, these in, in, the, in the new covenant time we don't just look to, to Jesus one time. No. See, these 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 brethren looked into Jesus. I mean, they had a brazen serpent and they were healed and then they went their way. 
Yeah. See, we, we are, we are, we, we forever hold this ensign that you were talking about before us, this banner, this, our Christ. So we, we look unto Jesus because he is both the author and the finisher of our faith. So it's, it's, uh, uh, the believer in Jesus is one who continues to look unto him to be saved. Amen. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. Again, how particular was you find me lifted up from the earth? Yes, yeah, you had to look up. That's right. Same as he that braids the surface, you had to look up. Yes, you yeah. couldn't see it looking down. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I think I've uh, covered everything other more than this would just be uh, talking, Brother Justin. Yeah, that braids the surface eventually became an idol. And the yeah, that's right. people looked at it like it would like it would that that was what delivered them yeah. was this idol. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing today. Many people they they think that they're saved by a routine. Mm-hmm. You know, they they they've idolized there's another Jesus and another gospel and another there's there's one true God. There's <laughs> one Jesus Christ the righteous. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Are there more comments to us? And well, thanks for encouraging me. I am no longer discouraged. By being in the fellowship, I'm encouraged. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this example of what happened to the Israelites and pointing to Christ. And I thank you, thank you for the encouragement we can receive by being in the fellowship and fellowship with each other and with you and receiving encouragement from your word. And I... Lord, I'm so thankful that we can look to Christ and believe in Him and follow Him and have our sins removed. And Lord, we want to receive the lessons from Numbers and apply it to our lives that we follow You, be led by the Spirit, and not complain, not have an evil heart of unbelief, but look to Jesus. And I pray that You'll put a blessing on our food and our meal and our conversation as we gather around the table together, fellowshipping. And Lord, we pray also for a blessing on the rest of our meeting that we can truly preach Christ and Him crucified. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother